Welcome back to another edition of the Blue White Illustrated Football and Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle, and Penn State is 1-0 heading into Ball State Week. We have a lot to get to this week. Recruiting news and notes. There's visitors coming to campus for the first time for a game since 2019. We're really excited about that. We're going to get into some of the names to know what an opening weekend for recruiting is like at a home game. Also, the coaches will be back on the road this week for the first time since 2019. So Ryan will tell us a little bit about what to expect there. Our recruiting expert, Ryan, also has a new future cast that we're going to tease now and talk about a little bit later, and we'll wrap things up (laughs) with some thoughts on other recruiting news and notes. Ryan, good morning, good afternoon. It is a big week for Penn State after the Wisconsin game. Recruits are excited about what the Nittany Lions did against the Badgers. They might be top 10 by the end of of this podcast, depending on how the polls go, but certainly possibly by the end of this week, assuming the Ball State game goes as we expect. So let's start with just the idea of this. Obviously, uh, Penn State will be home 3.30 Saturday. Fox Sports 1 has the broadcast of the Ball State-Penn State game. And we'll have recruits on the sideline. Caden Saunders, Drew Shelton, two commits already said they will be on hand. What should we be looking forward to? And just what is it like to have recruits on campus again? It's pretty exciting after the summer that uh, led to a lot of commitments last time Penn State hosted kids. Yeah, uh, Sundays and Mondays were a little boring last year. You know, obviously we have a ton of game content, but uh, yeah. fans always want to know recruit reactions, right? And uh, we didn't we didn't get a whole lot of that last year, so it'll be good. To, um, you know, good to, good to see you know guys talking about the crowds again, and you know just just everything from the tailgating to coming in on three twenty two and seeing the stadium, and you know we we hear so much from these guys about just their their impressions before they even get into the stadium. So just looking forward to talking guys about that. Uh, let's, let's get into ball state a little bit. Uh, listen, it's, it's Tuesday here uh, at 1130 when we're, when we're recording and uh, you know, yesterday of course was labor day. So we're still working on a visitor list and that's going to be the case for the, the majority of these Tuesday podcasts. I mean, for, you know, looking back on, on past years, Thursday's usually the day we get a pretty good uh, idea for who's coming. And then, you know, by Friday, we'll, I'll put out some sort of a visitor list. But, um, you know, we always have a few guys uh, that, that we know ahead of time. And, and right now, one guy I'm pretty confident is coming into town is Ronell Nuka. He's a 2023 defensive end from from Northeast uh, who's been on campus a couple times. And I, I think he loves Penn State. Uh, and I think the staff likes him a lot, too. Uh, with a lot of these 2023 guys, they still, of course, want to see how they progress here throughout the season and, um, you know, just, just kind of get them on campus for junior days then and, you know, just keep building those relationships. So, obviously, there's uh, one 2023 commit already and, uh, you know, others will come. But for the majority of those 2023 guys, it's I'm hesitant to, you know, be talking favorites and whatnot to, until Penn State gets a better feel, you know, especially for how hard they want to push for guys. But this is someone who, with him being a Philadelphia uh, resident and whatnot, that I, I expect him to push hard for. Another guy I'm keeping an eye on is potentially uh, Michael Menitz, younger brother, J- Joey Schaeffler. Uh, he still trying to get a feel for if he's definitely coming or not. I heard he he may be making the trip, uh, so I'm working on that. And there, and there will be, uh, I think, other top guys from, from Pennsylvania coming up, but you know, with Auburn next week, man, there's so many guys who will talk to the staff and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll bring up that they are thinking about coming for this game and then we'll get to later in the week and they'll, you know, let the staff know that they're probably just going to come for Auburn. And I've already, I got a handful of guys and, and I ran through <laughs> a bunch of them last night and, and that's exactly what they were telling me. Yeah. I was thinking about ball state a couple of weeks ago 
And, you know, over the last day or two, I, I you know, I decided just to come for Auburn. So I think Penn, Penn State fans who, who follow recruiting, you know, they know next week's going to be uh, just ridiculous list. I would expect it to be well over 100, probably 120. And even when you start including uh, friends from the team and whatnot, um, you know, not true prospects, but just, you know, friends coming up or, you know, sometimes, man, for these big games, they, they just bring entire, <laughs> not entire teams, but a good Pretty chunk close. of the party. Yeah. So I expect that list to be awesome uh, after after last year. No visits for for this list. I, listen, the, the first game is always kind of small. And there's a couple reasons for that. Uh, one, obviously, that the staff, with it being the first game, they really want to focus, you know, make sure everything's in line uh, for, for that first game of the season. That's that's part of it. They don't want to put a ton of, uh, you know, focus on recruiting. Uh, but it's also usually there's just always a big non-conference game within a week or two. You know, obviously Pitt. Uh, came here twice in the past couple of years. And then, um, of course, when, when Penn State was away at Pitt, I believe in, what, 2018, Ohio State was like the fourth game of the year, I believe. So yep. uh, that, that's that's part of the reason why you see smaller crowds for for these Ball State games. It'll be the same for Villanova. Uh, but I, but I, I also think that we could see a list that, you know, gets up towards 50 or so with it, with it being the first time uh, recruits have been here in, in, in a year or so. I, I could see them having a bigger list this year compared to maybe Iowa a couple of years ago or Appalachian State, something like that. So uh, it'll it'll be fun, man. I'm just I'm just looking forward to to seeing guys down on the sideline, uh, trying to get some get some pictures, and then of course re- reactions after the game. Looking forward to it. Let me ask you this, Ryan, because you've took uh, you've segued very nicely to my next uh, my next part of this conversation. But obviously, again, with the, the Auburn game next week, you hit the nail right on the head. You're going to have guys who say, "Why would I come up this weekend when I can be there for the whiteout and experience that next weekend?" So that makes sense. Openers generally, as you've mentioned, are are maybe not the biggest visitor list, but. What I guess my question is this. So very rarely when you read an interview that you do or I do, David does, whatever, with a recruit after a visit, which I know it's been a little bit since we had those for a game, but you don't tend to hear bad things, right? Everything's wonderful. Everything's great. So And so you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt, or at least I do in some instances, some guys more so than others. But I guess my question to you is when you – when you prepare for these interviews now that guys are coming back to campus, what what should people be looking for between the lines, right? So what is the thing that maybe a kid says that means more or means less? Because everyone who goes to any game this fall, for the most part, is going to be blown away by the atmosphere, blown away by the crowd, blown away by just being there in person because most of these guys haven't done it. And when you talk about the 2023s, that's especially true. So what are kind of some things people should be watching for? I know in recruiting we always talk about watch what they do, not what they say to some extent, but – when you're getting ready to read a reaction or when you're trying to get a read on where a kid's going, what are some of the things you'll be looking to hear, looking for uh, from their responses after they visit campus? Well, I mean, you hit on the big thing is always the atmosphere. Okay. And it's understandable that that's what Pence, that's what, fans love about coming to Beaver Stadium, right? It's not just the tailgates, it's the inside, it's everything else. I mean, Penn State has one of those top five, six or so atmospheres. I I, I probably slighted Penn State there. Top two, top one, right? <laughs> if you ask national nice people, recovery. Though, I, I yeah, think, nice recovery. Yeah, I think I think many of them would say it's a it's a top five atmosphere. Obviously, the whiteout, I think, is is up there with with any of them. But I'm from an overall perspective, I think it's definitely top five. I mean, to me, there's it's it's getting that feel, you know, because like you said, so many of these 2023 guys haven't seen that yet. Now, also, a lot of these 2023 guys who live within the region did get to spend a lot of time with the coaches in the summer. 
So they have that fuel already uh, for the most part. And they, it takes multiple visits for them to really build those bonds. Uh, but, but, you know, a lot of these guys have, have become close with, you know, whomever their uh, position coach is. They, they've gotten to sit down with, with Coach Franklin. And this is one of the big things they haven't checked off their list yet is, um, you know, everything uh, from, from, from before the game to after the game. Now, um, many of them won't get a lot of time with the coaches when they come up for these games. They'll, they'll have a little, you know, they'll, they'll shake Franklin's hand on, uh, at the 50 yard line before the game. And, you know, after they'll, they'll have brief talks with uh, the coaches in the locker room. And that's usually for, for the top of the top guys too. It's, it's not, uh, you know, all of them, but uh, one other thing I would add though, is I think a lot of guys are going to want to just come up and see how Penn state plays. You know, I have a lot of guys always talk about, you know, they really liked how the defense play, really liked how the offense play, whatever it is. Uh, and they haven't been able to do that for a year now. They, they were able to watch on TV last year. They were able to watch, you know, right. over the weekend to, to see how, to see, especially, you know, how well that defense performed and, um, you know, the offense rallied in the second half. So I, I just think a lot of guys will be looking forward, to, especially offensively, you know, watching Yurchich, uh, defensively, just kind of seeing if they can they can maintain what they what they showed last weekend. But, uh, I mean, atmosphere is always – that's the first thing that I think everybody is really coming here for. And then to, to just get an up-close look at, you know, how how a player might might fit in that offense cause you, or, or that defense. So you get to see a lot on TV, but when you're in person, you get to see so much more. And if you're – say you're a safety – you know, you get to really focus on uh, Jair Brown or Brisker or, or whatever, whatever position you, you would play. All right. It's the Penn State uh, football recruiting podcast from Blue White Illustrated. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. We're talking visitor list for the Ball State game. Obviously, we'll learn more about that throughout the week. You can learn more about that throughout the week. Join us in the Lions Den Premium Forum, bluewhiteillustrated.com, bwi.rivals.com. All the latest recruiting news and notes from Ryan. Team coverage and more leading up to game day. We'll have you covered. So let's move on here. I teased it a few minutes ago, Ryan. You have made a new future cast pick for a class of 2023 recruit, and I won't steal your thunder, but it's a player that Penn State fans should be pretty excited about at a position that they've recruited really well over the last couple of mm-hmm. cycles. Anyone who's been following this podcast now for, what is it, we going on two months or so, yeah, uh, and, and really just kind of read us throughout the summer knows I'm very high on Lamont Payne. I think Lamont Payne, everything on the field, everything off the field fits. With, with what Penn State wants, and, and Penn State wants to get him on board early. So I know he's coming for Auburn. Do I think he's going to commit in the next two weeks? I don't know. I, I, I That's kind of, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But but I do think he's a player that that can absolutely commit uh, this season uh, or shortly after, and, I, and I've just been high on him for a long time now. So just speaking with sources, I, I've been talking to Lamont a lot over the last couple, couple weeks. I mean, I do feel – that Penn State's the favorite. He hasn't come out and said that or anything like that. But if you just look at the visits, he's he's been here, I believe it's three times this summer alone. He's going to have a, a fourth visit here uh, next weekend. And you know, if you look at if you look at uh, you know the other schools, I think Pitt's in the mix. I think West Virginia's in the mix. But I, I, I just look at the visits, man. It, it, he's been here. He's going to be here four times in in a span of three months. I think it, I think it says a lot. And I also just know that that Penn State really wants him on board. We talk about so many. 2023 guys who have come up and visited and they have an offer and everything looks great but behind the scenes maybe Penn State's not pushing that hard uh for for a decision at least in the immediate future especially you know with the season going on they they want to see how a lot of these guys play that's not the case with Lamont Payne I mean they, they he could call them up right now and commit if he wanted to so 
you know, that, that's really just, just all it is. I, I feel confident that uh, Penn State sits in a good spot here. He's, he's going to come back for Auburn. I expect him to be back for probably another game or two this season. And and he's a player the staff thinks would be a, a really good leader in, in this class. And that's a big reason why they want on they, they want him uh, on board. So I logged a pick the other night. You know, wh- whether he commits in the next couple of weeks, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I, I don't feel confident one way or the other with that. But mm-hmm. I do – I do feel like there's a good chance he could be a Nittany Lion within the next couple months. And as long as the staff stays on him and he keeps playing well, I think it's just a matter of time. Penn State currently has one class of 2023 commit. It's Alex Birchmeyer, the offensive lineman, a four-star from uh, Virginia. So Payne, uh, you know, potentially maybe the first defender into a class of 2023 that, you know, there's a lot of guys, and I'll tease a content item we're going to have later this week, kind of taking a look at some 2023 guys we think are important for Penn State. And, man, when you look at the list on both sides of the ball, obviously it's early. Obviously a lot of guys will end up elsewhere. But, man, the target board is just absolutely stacked right now. And if you go read Ryan's pieces from when the Rivals 2023 rankings came out, the top Rivals 250, you got the sense, or you should have if you didn't go reread it, that Penn State sits in really good shape with a lot of these guys. And yes, it is early. Yes, visits will change a lot, both in good and bad ways for every team, Penn State included. But uh, Payne, uh, this is obviously a guy, uh, Lamont Payne, who 6'1", 170, we have it listed at 32 uh, at his position, number eight in Pennsylvania, 228 nationally. So one of those rivals, 250 guys, uh, Western PA kids. So we obviously know what that entails. And you know, we'll see. Like, like you said, there's no guarantees in recruiting, certainly not um, when it comes to a timeline for a commitment as we've come to find. But uh, an interesting player there and one that uh, Penn State certainly, as you said, uh, should be pushing for, is pushing for, and would really be excited to land. What, one thing I'll just add then is you, you were talking about that Rivals 250 list I put out there. It was about 30 or so players that I thought Penn State was seriously in the mix. I did one for offense, one for defense. And when I go back and read that, I feel like half of those players can realistically end up here, and and more will probably join that join that mm-hmm. group uh, as they take visits and, and down the road. I will say that you know one thing we've learned just from rankings is that the region as a whole is kind of down a bit. I mean, Maryland has I think two players in the two fifty. That's something we never see. P- Pennsylvania is pretty average. Uh, they I think they had eight guys in the rivals two fifty. They average about nine. So that's that's. Pretty much what we've always seen, but New Jersey's down, uh, Maryland's down. Um, so you got to land. So where I'm getting at here is you got to land the players that are uh, in in that top uh, top 250 and and even just four star players outside of it slightly. So um, just something to keep an eye on as as we as we progress here. I, I do think that now that we're at September 1st, the staff can you know initiate conversations. We talked about this last week and the importance of that. Uh, I'll be curious to see some some national guys who maybe weren't talking to the staff in in recent recent months now if uh you know those talks progress and, and we see a couple of them get on campus here uh in the weeks ahead I, I might be too early with with auburn being the big game but i wouldn't be surprised if we see some national guys come up here uh for for maybe the, the michigan game later in the year all right well when those games roll around when the latest recruiting news rolls around visit us bwi.rivals.com for the latest news and notes you can see on the homepage today tuesday september 7th ryan went down to imhotep charter to matha that was a big game you can find out all of the news and notes from that contest which of course featured two penn state commits we're going to talk about them in a second 
Don't forget to subscribe, bwi.rivals.com slash subscribe to join us in the Lions Den Premium Forum, access to premium content from Rivals, and subscribe here to the YouTube channel. If you're listening, hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the bell so you can get a notification, whether it's us, whether it's a BWI Daily, whether it's James Franklin talking after the game or Nate and I and David on the field from Beaver Stadium giving you a recap. You'll be noticed, notified the second those videos go up so you can get your Penn State fill. Uh, this is the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football recruiting podcast and as i said just a second ago we're moving into the list of commits who impressed us impressed you this past weekend and there's some new guys to add to the list so if you've been listening the last couple of weeks you know we've been kind of focused on the quarterbacks and things like that one guy we've mentioned but maybe didn't have the best film to show you of was Caden Saunders, the four-star from Westerville, Ohio, a really talented uh, four-star in this class who a lot of people are super excited about. And Ryan, I think he had his breakout game. I want to preface that by saying that Almost every team they play is going to try and just take him out of the game with obvious, you know, for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. So, um, well, I guess my point being is that when he has these big games, it's because he's overcoming uh, facing either the team, other team's best defender or best two defenders or what have you. So, uh, impressive work from him. Yeah, best three in some cases, right? Yeah. I think the first game we saw that a lot. So, uh, mm-hmm. what were your impressions from him? How important was this game for him as we uh, roll his highlights here if you're watching us on YouTube.com slash Blue White Illustrated? Yeah, so his first game, uh, we hit on a little bit. There was 300 yards rushing uh, in that game for for Westerville South, and uh, Caden was was held up very limited. And then their second game uh, two weeks ago, or yeah, two weeks ago, uh, got canceled because of COVID uh, against uh, one of their rival schools. I believe it was Westerville North. So this was his first game where he's really putting up some good stats. Uh, we had seven rushes for 61 yards and a score. He also had seven receptions for 93 yards, and then he actually threw the ball a little bit too. You'll see in these highlights, uh, four of five passing for 32 yards and a touchdown. Uh, look, Caden is a, an explosive player. We really saw that on the camp scene this summer. He, he won multiple MVP awards, and and his rating was um, moved up for a good for good reason. You know, he's he's I believe 78th in the country now and a, and a top 10 wide receiver. So I expect him to do this the majority of the year. Uh, and you know this is this is why he's, in my opinion, uh, Penn State's top offensive prospect in this class. Uh, yes, I mean I love Drew Alar too, <laughs> and I love Bill Pupula too. But I think as far as a, a surefire uh, prospect who's who's going to live up to his rating, Caden uh, Saunders would would definitely be my pick. So I expect to, I expect him to keep putting up big numbers, and uh, hopefully as everything goes well, I can go see him in the playoffs. That's kind of what I'm aiming to do right now. Yeah, love his game, love what he can do for an offense. The kind of guy that if you're a Penn State fan, you sit there and say, he is the the one that with a good quarterback, with a good uh, complement uh, of guys around him, with the right offensive coordinator and receivers coach, he's the player that can be a star. I, I, I think he has future first-round pick potential. I do, and I hate to try and go too far on the hyper. Don't be that train. guy, Greg. Yeah, I hate to go too far <laughs> on that train, but, man, I really like his game. It's really exciting to watch. Let's stay in the receiver's room with the class of 2022. Penn State fans, I think, were, some of them anyway, a little skeptical or at least curious uh, when Penn State took a commitment from Tyler Johnson, the three-star receiver from Virginia. When we talk about breakout games early in the high school season, he just had one of his. And, you know, when he committed, Ryan, you and I talked, I believe it was here on the podcast, also on the message board. But 
you know, sometimes when you see a commitment and you say, hmm, wonder why Penn State did that. It's something they saw, something they realized, whether it was from film, whether it was from having him on campus working out, etc. They picked up on something that fit their criteria for making an offer and taking a commitment. And you have to trust that with as well as Penn State's recruited. So Tyler Johnson, mm-hmm. a guy that Penn State fans will be seeing more of highlight real wise, I think, in the weeks ahead. But he had his breakout performance of the season uh, last week in a win. 400 yards, man, of, of total, uh, what are just total yards, we'll say, uh, 89-yard kick return. You, you'll watch that here. He also had a 100-yard uh, interception at the very end of his highlights and just over 200 yards of total offense uh, overall, which, you know, I think it was 406 yards of, uh, you know, total, total uh, what is it, all-purpose yards. That's the word I was looking for. Perfect. For, listen, the, the Magna Vista is, they're going to romp a lot of these schools. They're, um, you know, they, they don't play in a, in a loaded area of Virginia uh, down there. I believe it's not too far from Blacksburg. But uh, look, Tyler, if you looked, the, the, the reason that people were wondering uh, with, with Tyler Johnson's commitment was just when they took him. You know, obviously, they were very much in the mix with uh, the Darius Clemens of the world. And, uh, you know, they had they had a few good wide receivers already committed. So it just I think that's what, what perked people's interest of you know, do, do you have to accept his commitment now? Especially, you know, when you when you consider, I think Wake Forest and, and Virginia Tech were pretty much Penn State's top competitors. So, you, you know, you just didn't have those other elite schools. But we've talked about him before, man. He came up to Penn State's camp and and absolutely crushed her. He came up for a private workout, excuse me, not not a camp. Four four forty four one eight shuttle. I've been calling it a four two, but it was actually a sub four two. Love his reach at thirty one plus. Uh, I believe he's right around six foot one seventy five. So I, I think. Um, you know, everything stacks up well there. And they just see a heck of an athlete, man. So, And he put up crazy numbers last year, too. I believe he had a – was it a touchdown every two receptions or something yeah. like that? Right. It was yeah, it was limited like yep. limited games. But, uh, you know, he, he's he's going to always put up crazy stats. There, There's no um, – no one ever really doubted that. It was just kind of Penn State wanted to see uh, some of the – you know, what he could do in a, in a testing kind of setting, and, and he blew it blew it away there and he's also just great off the field too man he's one of my favorites in this class that I, I didn't really get to know him well until uh may and into june and every time i talk to him man just a really you know res- well-mannered respectable guy you know you can tell he's in the locker room you're not gonna have any issues with this guy i mean he's he's all seems all about his business and it's physically um you know one of one of the more talented uh players in this class so i think penn state got something here that i know just from talking to, to sources that there, there's a a large contingent in Lash who who believes he's substantially underrated. I mean, I've had a couple of people say that he's probably the most underrated player in this class. Uh, we got to get down there, myself or other people from Rivals, need to get down there and, and you know try and get a, a good in person evaluation. We we weren't allowed at, at camps or any of those private workouts this year, so I just I have numbers from sources, but I don't I didn't get to watch it myself. So I'd love to get down there. It's it's easier said than done going uh, going down that way. So I, I don't know if if I'll make it there or someone else will, but I just know, you know, from from speaking to people I trust and Lash, that there's, like I said, there a lot of people think he's the most underrated player in this class right now. Yeah, he's a guy who definitely fits the mold of someone who could rise in the rankings as we get closer to signing day, as more film gets out there on him, or as an in-person evaluation happens. We'll have to wait and see, but I think that there is no question that when you talk about the underrated guys in this class, he's probably 
among the uh, top ones, if not if, if not if if not the top one. And the highlight film we just showed uh, indicates a bit of why. All right, last one mm-hmm. on the commit recap front. You had the chance to go see Demathic Catholic and Imhotep Charter in a game I believe was moved to Delaware, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. they had a little uh, bit of an issue of some sort, had to relocate. They were able to do that. You were able to relocate to watch that contest. <laughs> Uh, a Penn State commit versus Penn State commit. So Keon Wiley from Immotep, KJ Winston from Demathic Catholic. We're going to start with KJ Winston uh, just because that's whose film I have up ready to go. So we're going to start with him. <laughs> um, let's do this. Let's talk about both of these guys. And then I, I want to get your general impression of what they were like competing against one another. Obviously, they both play defense. So not yeah. exactly the the mono e mono that maybe uh, Anthony Ivy and, and Makai Flowers had the chance to showcase to some extent. But uh, you can always get a feel, I think, or at least I've been able to, that when you go to these games and there's two Penn State commits on opposite side of the field, uh, these two teams are really good and they bring the juice every week. But there always seems to yeah. be just a little bit more for those two guys when that happens. So, so uh, yes and no in this case. So they, these guys actually... I've learned it, you know, they, there's a group chat and they're friendly, but they're still kind of getting to know each other. Uh, and I kind of learned that after the game uh, when we were all kind of chatting They're they're, you know, they're friendly and whatnot, but they just, I don't think they, they know each other well at the moment, but of course, you know, they, <laughs> it was a little, a uh, little fun before the game, you know, just not like true smack talk or anything, but just, you know, joking around that, uh, you know, I know it was Keon, you know, saying they were going to get the better of them and, and they, and Imatep did, they, they ended up winning 14 to 10 in this one. Uh, for me, KJ was, I, I thought he was the player of the game. Uh, not only nine tackles on defense, but four, four receptions for 73 yards on offense. And and I, I thought his offensive, uh, con- you know, the way he contributed on offense was was maybe the highlight uh, of, of the day. Just, just he just came up with some huge plays for them. I know there was a fourth and 10 that he converted. There was a, a third and 19 that he got down to the one. And then Imatep actually stuffed him at the one. I believe uh, Ramir Stewart actually had that tackle. So to me, I thought KJ played pretty well. He's so aggressive, which is which is a lot of fun. But he also just needs to refine a couple things, you know, break down a little bit better, um, you know, wrap up a little bit better. That's something we, we talked a little bit about after the game. But, you know, if he, if he can improve – on just kind of those fundamentals uh, right when he gets to the point of attack and, and wrap guys up. Uh, I think, I think it'll be, I think, I think his potential is, is incredible because I, I already have him as someone that, you know, I want to see maybe move up as a four star and everything he showed me as far as coverage wise and whatnot. I mean, he's definitely improved more on man to man coverage. He's definitely improved when it comes to watching the quarterback or, and really watching the receivers more so than letting the quarterback dictate his play. I, that's something I, I saw last year and I, I think we saw improvement with. So I, I was very happy with KJ. He was, he was my player of the game. Keon Wiley also had a, a pretty good game with five tackles and two quarterback hurries. He, he had a good matchup against Michael Krauts, who holds a handful of offers, not one from Penn State. And I do believe Penn State would have more interest if they had uh, a bigger need for guards. W- with Birchmeyer already committed, he's going to be a true interior guy. Their focus is more so on tackle right now for 2023. But Michael Krauts, he's number 77 in some of these highlights. Uh, now, of course, these are the highlights where Keon played well, so <laughs> you you don't get to see Krauts at his very best in these ones. But uh, right. I, my, my point being is just he, he had a good competitive matchup. Both of them kind of got the better of each other at times. Uh, but but Keon, man, when, when Keon wants to explode, it, everything's right there. Now, of course, he'll be a linebacker at the next level, and he's playing defensive end in a lot of these clips. So there's there's only so much we can really take from it. I, I do think he can improve with his hands a little bit. And listen, we can say that about pretty much every one of these guys, even the even the very best, like Deny Dennis Sutton. He's 
he has there's so many things that they can improve on as far as you know those rush moves fundamentals but uh you know i i, I actually wouldn't be surprised from just from watching these guys run if keon might be even a little bit faster than kj we have kj clocked around a four high four sevens and we don't have it we don't have a 40 time for keon but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's right around that range he he can really run um but i thought both guys played well like I said, I think KJ's a potential four-star guy. I think Keon, I think Keon can be a four-star guy. Uh, I just want to kind of see it a little bit more uh, with with both of them being three stars right now. KJ would be the one that I, I would really push hard for uh, to move up in the rankings. But man, if you look at some of Keon's highlights last year, I mean his film was up there with with some of the best in this class too. So it, you you can certainly make an argument for him as well. I, I just want to hit on a couple other guys real quick. This game was absolutely stacked. Jason Moore is a defensive end prospect. Uh, down at Dematha, man, this guy, I mean, he's a, he's a potential five-star to me. I thought he was as impressive or more uh, than E9 White. And he actually came into this game in a boot uh, throughout the week. He didn't play in a boot in this game, but uh, right. you know, he, he was injured throughout the week and you, you could tell he was playing injured at times. He, he kind of just had to, um, not, I don't want to say take plays off, but you didn't see that explosion all the time. And it, it was definitely because he, he was injured, but man, when he wants to explode, he can, he can push two linemen around. I mean, I watched it on multiple plays. Uh, he, he's just a heck of a prospect. So I know Penn State's going to really push hard for him. He's another guy that's kind of quiet. Uh, hasn't really opened up about his recruitment much. I kind of get the feeling that now that September one's here, it's really going to pick up a bit. And it's the same with Ramir Stewart, by the way, uh, Ramir, the math of really stayed away from Ramir throughout the game. So we don't have a ton of highlights on him. He, I think he had about three tackles or so. Um, he's another guy I think could improve a little bit. He had a couple missed tackles that one or two that were pretty important. And uh, so another guy that I think can improve there, but like we can say that about all these defensive backs, it's more so about how they right. play in coverage and, you know, their, yep. their physical attributes that, that schools are really looking for. But, but I talked to Ramir after the game a little bit about recruiting and he's another guy who it's just seems like he is just now getting started. And it's, Maybe uh, puzzling to to some fans just how many offers he has and how accolade, how many you know, accolades he's gained over the years. But you can tell that this is a guy who's really just getting started. I know he had a, a conversation with with Coach Franklin. I believe he said it was last Thursday. Went really well. He, he's definitely going to be up for one of these games. Someone told me he may come to Ball State. I, I kind of think it'll be end up being Auburn, uh, just knowing their schedule and whatnot. Actually, no. No, never mind. Ematep plays uh, at one o'clock on on Saturday, so it'll be Auburn. Excuse me, uh, they they play LaSalle this weekend, so that scratch everything I just said there. But uh, but he's just another you know solid player. I think Penn State's going to push for. Uh, Eni White was fantastic. I don't want to go all day. I know that's kind of a sour subject for Penn State fans with him looking elsewhere. But he he's a heck of a player, man. Just yeah. built like a. I mean everything. Just everything about him is is pretty much perfect. So. A lot of good players. We didn't get to see Kenneth Woosley. Woosley. I learned it's Woosley, I believe. Uh, I talked about that with uh, T. Frank on the last podcast. Uh, Zahir Mathis was also out. He's an elite 2025 rusher for Emetep. But, uh, you know, we got to see plenty of players in this game. And, um, you know, I thought KJ and Keon played well. Yeah. The exciting thing to me, uh, and to take people a little bit behind the scenes, is that Monday you and I kind of get together and figure out what the rundown is going to look like. And we want to make sure we're not highlighting the same guys every single week in this section of the podcast where we talk about commits in action. Sometimes you have to because there's so many good players in this class that just beat up on everyone. And it feels like you have to just keep banging the same drums. But what's exciting to me this week is that we hit on some guys that we have not talked about before who are really standing out at their high school. And again, like I said last week, 
these guys are committed to Penn State because they shine at the high school level. So this is not some great shocker. But at the same time, it's always nice to get some variety. And it's it's proof of what Penn State saw in these guys. And it's just a good opportunity to spotlight, you know, not just the quarterbacks or not just the running backs every single week. Obviously, if you go to bwi.rivals.com, you can find Ryan's full rundown of the high school stats for every commit uh, that had stats reported from last week, so you can get a feel for that. I know there was a couple of guys you maybe wanted to get to, Ryan, but, you know, all told, I think that, yeah. I was going to say, we can heal the same guys every week, you know. (laughs) Nick Singleton's always going to rush for 100-plus yards, and, you know, this week it was 137 and three touchdowns. I mean, that's going to happen all season. Uh, Katron Allen is is a, is a tank, you know. He, he had 194 yards and four touchdowns and a in a big win over LaSalle. I, I will say that Drew Aller had his best game statistically. I haven't been able to watch it a whole lot. I, obviously, with Penn State playing Saturday and with me being on the road um, Friday night, I, I you know I got to watch basic highlights. I like to go back. One thing about uh, his school is that all of their games are on NFH Network. So. If, if you're really, in, I want to say this real quick. If you're really into recruiting, it's ten bucks a month to subscribe to that. I think it's, I think it's a great deal. You get to watch so many high school games, and they, and they, uh, they keep them on there. You know, you go to their little on demand section, you can go back and watch them. So I like to actually watch, you know, full games. That's, I think that's how you properly evaluate guys, and that's something I still need to do for Drew's game this past weekend. Uh, but he had thirty two of forty three completions, uh, or thirty two completions for forty three attempts. Excuse me, uh, three hundred ninety one yards passing, four touchdowns. He's always going to put up awesome numbers, and, th- and this was the best one that we've seen. He's actually just gotten better over the last three games statistically. Now, like I said, I, I want to go back and watch it. But they were also playing Wadsworth, too, who's probably one of their lesser opponents this year. Yeah, uh, I keep coming to that mentor game here in a couple weeks, but that's going to be the one that uh, I think fans are really going to want to watch. The September edition of the Blue White Illustrated Magazine is on newsstands now. We're working hard on the October edition. So if you want to subscribe, if you want to figure out where you can get the latest Blue White Illustrated Magazine, you got two ways to do it. You can call customer service, 814-234-1177, or you can visit comanpub.com. Look for the Blue White Illustrated section. You can sign up today to receive the latest uh, Blue White Illustrated Magazine every month. And uh, we look forward to hoping you do that and you know how to reach to us. He's at Rival Snyder on Twitter. I'm at Greg Pickle on Twitter. You can reach out to us if you need help locating that. If you're interested, leave a comment here either in the YouTube or on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and we'll help you out. Let's wrap up, Ryan, as we head down the home stretch here of this Blue White Illustrated Penn State football and recruiting podcast with another thing that's coming back in 2021, and that's coaches going on the road to see high school games, to meet with, you know, we hear James Franklin say it, the janitor, the guidance counselor, blah, 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 all the people the that... Janitor. Yeah, well, he has said it. I'm not I'm not putting words know, in his mouth. It's, it's come out. Um, so, you know, that is obviously exciting for the fans, exciting for the coaches, exciting for the recruits who will be visited by these coaches throughout um, the next couple of months. And I know Penn State's going to be on the road this week. They did not go on the road last week with the Wisconsin game, obviously, being on the road. From time to time, they will go on the road before a road game. This was not one of those cases. But, Ryan, Again, Lions Den premium form, you're going to be able to get not just a Ball State visitor list, but a lot more insight on where the coaches are going. It's early in the week, so those plans are still being uh, laid out and finalized. But just, I guess, initial thoughts on what they'll try to accomplish this week with a 3.30 home game on Saturday. Yeah. Well, I think they would have seen Jerry Cross last week if sure. Jerry wasn't injured. Uh, that that 
that would have made sense, obviously, with them being in the region. But uh, with him out until probably the end of the month, they didn't see anyone last week. I, I, I do know one thing I'll share is uh, James Franklin is expected to be in Philadelphia this week. I expect Terry Smith to probably be down there with them. That's usually his his territory. Uh, Northeast has a pretty big game against St. Peter's Prep. I don't have it 100% locked down, but just if you, you look at the schedule, look at the top players, it would make sense that they go down there to see Ken Talley and a few of the guys on Northeast. So that's that's one visit that we expect to take place. Uh, and he'll, he'll hit up a bunch of schools uh, in, in the Philadelphia area throughout Friday. LaSalle, Imatep, I'm sure he'll be at a bunch of those programs. There's a bunch of others. Archbishop Woods, probably another one. Uh, but yeah, I, I, whether I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of coaches, assistant coaches, don't hit the road. I, I could see maybe a couple others when I was asking around about it, that that was still up in the air. Uh, but with so many guys in Pennsylvania committed this year, you know, they have some time to kind of figure out those schedules. I know that they would like to probably go see some playoff games in, in November. So I think it's just really about trying to find the best matchups to, to go see your star players play against other star players. Uh, and then also it just kind of depends on their away schedule too. But right now, like I said, we know Franklin's heading to Philadelphia. We know uh, Terry Smith will be down there to hit up a bunch of those schools. And I'm sure, I would hope that at least by Thursday, Friday, we'll, we'll know a couple others. If, if, if they do decide to go on the road. When I was talking to people last night, like I said, it was kind of still 50-50 on that. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one or two other assistants go somewhere though, uh, whether it's down in Virginia. I know the one thing I was kind of mentioned is maybe, maybe Cider. This is a good opportunity for Cider to go down in Virginia. I, like I said, it's still, I think, up in the air. But I, I wouldn't be surprised maybe this week in Villanova with them being kind of lesser games. I don't want to overthink it, want to know. You know, I get it and everything. But uh, from a recruiting perspective, it, it does make sense for a couple coaches to hit the road Friday night. Penn State, a 22.5 point favorite opposite Ball State kickoff, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Fox Sports 1. First ever meeting between those two schools. Ryan, we're in the final steps of this Blue White Illustrated Penn State football and recruiting podcast. We are almost to the finish line. Any final thoughts for the week on anything? Team news, recruiting, the win at Wisconsin. Any final thoughts to wrap us up? It was a good win, man. I, I look, you can depending on who you want to ask, you could you can certainly make the argument that Wisconsin blew that game more than Penn State deserved it. Uh, but I just saw a second half, the line I thought played a lot better. The defense, man, I didn't see that coming uh, when you look at what last year's defense was. I certainly expect them to play a lot better. Now, Graham Mertz also, his play was uh, certainly shaky. So Below uh, average. I think it <laughs> – Dude, it's week one, man. When you get a win like that, week one, mm-hmm. I don't. It doesn't matter how you win. I know everybody's ecstatic up there in Lash. Uh, the, the only other thing I'll add is just obviously we're going to be working towards that Auburn visitor list next week. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about in the podcast a little bit. Uh, Tamir Robinson out in uh, Pittsburgh's top Pennsylvania guy. I expect him to be there. I hit on Lamont Payne already. Uh, Josh Miller's a top offensive line prospect from Virginia, and I think Matthias Barnwell's plan to come up too. One thing I will note is I, I you know, we talked originally. I think over the last couple of weeks that, you know, DJ Westlock, someone who may come in an official visit, Amari Evans is someone who may come in an official visit. When I was talking to some contacts here about that over the last day or two, kind of get the opinion, the opinion that Penn State's weighing the pros and cons of that right now. You know, I know they would love for those guys to come on an unofficial visit, uh, but there's some thought that maybe it's best to save official visits. So we'll, we'll see uh, over the next, you know, whatever it is, 12 or so days, how that, how that plays out uh, right now. I, I know those guys want to come for officials. I think just Penn State's kind of 
you know, they, they want to make sure that if they need that official in December, that they have it in their back pocket with some of those top guys, and especially with the class being all but done uh, with 24 players. It's it's good to have those contingency plans uh, in place because if you use an official now and then, you know, the, the player decides to use two or three uh, at the end of November or into December, and especially someone like Westlock and Evans, who are from Missouri and Texas, uh, that that could hurt them when it matters most, which is when it's time to sign. So just something to keep an eye on. Uh, we'll, we should know what Penn State decides here in the next week or so. No question. I'll just say this. There's been a lot of Penn State fans upset about pretty losses in the past, and now they're upset about an ugly win to an extent. Obviously, everyone's thrilled to some extent, but there's also a lot of, I think, second-guessing and doubt and things like that. Enjoy your ugly win. It's week one. You went to a number, a team that's going to end up in the top 25 probably um, with a full house a full house, and you won on the road with a new offensive coordinator and a lot of new things. Enjoy it. Take it for what it is. Obviously, there's corrections and improvements that need to be made, but if you're going to complain about a, a pretty loss, and Penn State's had a lot of those, enjoy an ugly win that got better as the game went on. Uh, this has been the Blue Illustrated Football and Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find us anywhere you get uh, audio. We're on Apple now, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. Like, subscribe, leave us feedback. And visit our website, bwi.rivals.com. If you need to subscribe, bwi.rivals.com slash subscribe. Until next week, this has been another edition of the Blue White Illustrated Football and Recruiting Podcast.